0: You're listening to The Geek Watch Podcast, Episode 28, Country Roads and the Existential Horror of Hereditary.
1: This is The Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Andy Pitch.
0: Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 28 of the Geek Watch Podcast. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petrie. Hello. So, this has been a very interesting week. It's, yes. it's been full of speculation because there's been a couple of things that have been going on this week. The first, of course, being E3. So all the new video game stuff is coming out now and there's a lot of excitement and a lot of speculation that's going on. We're seeing a lot of teaser trailers for different things. The new Spider-Man video game that's out... I got a chance to see the trailer for that, and that looks really amazing. Of course, E3 always reminds me why it is I don't play a lot of video games because that would be all that I did.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, uh, but there's uh,
0: a yeah the the Spider-Man game definitely has that Arkham Asylum feel to it. Oh. Of course, it's a you have a a large world to play in, but it has a very strong story. So mm-hmm. I think Spider-Man is going to be the Marvel equivalent to Batman, Arkham Asylum, that series. Uh,
1: How do you think the cosplayers will look to it for the Marvel side? Because... That really, Arkham Asylum was one of the times when Harley Quinn really blew up and hit the cosplay. Oh, yeah, because yeah.
0: That, that version of Harley was was different than what we were used to mm-hmm. in, in the comic. And so from what we've been able to see so far of gameplay, I mean, really, I don't think the cosplay side of it is going to really blow up until the game is officially released. People have a chance to see it. And I mean, I think also it's just really going to depend on, on the character design and if there's anything that cosplayers will want to pick up. On, I'm sure there'll be something okay, but uh, I mean, the Spider Man costume looks a little bit different, mm-hmm. but it, it's not a, a huge departure. But I can see some people may be cosplaying that perhaps. But again, once we see the game, I guess we'll, we'll be able to tell. But there's like a bunch of stuff. I mean, we could we could sit here for two hours and talk mm-hmm. about everything that's going on in E3 at this point, but. One thing I definitely wanted to bring up, because it's really got people excited in our neck of the woods, this new Fallout Fallout 76. 76.
1: Oh my gosh, Brian, the internet blew up in West Virginia. Oh yes. It started raining pepperoni rolls and coal. (laughs) It, oh yeah! I mean, the state pride just went through the roof, and everyone's so excited. They see Mothman, they see the New River Gorge Bridge, they see the Gold Dome, and everyone's so excited. And I am not a gamer, but I am kind of excited about this. And what I'm looking forward to is I really hope that they do a novelization, because I read the Bioshock novel, mm-hmm. and I don't even play games, and I loved it. It was amazing, and I was right. really excited, and I hope something along those lines Happens for this particular game. Oh yeah,
0: well, what's really cool about Fallout 76 is you got this teaser trailer, and of course you hear "Take Me Home, Country Roads," and it's like, is, what, is this going to take place in West Virginia? Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. But I figure this is an apocalypse game; you're just going to have hills and and blasted out trees. <laughs> I mean, that's about the extent of it. I mean, they'll say it takes place in West Virginia, but then Silent Hill took place in West Virginia, t- mm-hmm. the movie. And But it could really have taken place in Timber
1: Falls and Wrong Turn.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's like it could have taken place anywhere. They just happened to say it took place in West Virginia. And so I wasn't altogether excited about this. I thought, well, it's just kind of neat that West Virginia will be sort of in the gamer consciousness. And that's fine. But then we started to see more of the game. And I was shocked because it's not just, well, this takes place in West Virginia. There are some serious deep cuts when it comes to location. Mm
1: Not only our big landmarks, but small things. Um, uh, Well, we do talk about, you know, Mothman. Right. And it is, we we do have a very rich mythic history yeah. you know behind our state the bunker and that seems to be like the bunker is going to be a big part of it And right. that's under the Greenbrier hotel originally designed to house congress in an emergency state exactly uh, it no longer serves that purpose am i correct that's correct that? i thought so yes
0: because the fact that we know about the bunker uh, declassified once they decided to move it somewhere else but, yeah, when when I heard about uh, Fallout 76 taking place in West Virginia, I said, well, I'd be neat if the Greenbrier had something to do with it because that, that's what the bunker in the Greenbrier was created for. But I'm like, well, there n- no one's really going to know about that, and that's really not going to enter into the game. But it did, and that, mm-hmm. that shocked me. And like you said, West Virginia has this serious cryptozoology mm-hmm. side to it. And the Mothman is going to be a part of it. It looks like the Braxton County Monster is going to be I involved in that. It. Oh
1: yeah, yeah Braxton, uh, fun. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and it looks like some other stuff that is going to enter into it. And I, I saw a clip of Camden Park, and I was like, yes. oh my god, that shocked me. I'm like, that's a that's kind of a deep cut. That's yeah.
1: Hopefully, we'll get in the haunted house, and the Big Dipper will be a big part of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm really looking forward. I think that'll be. A big thing uh, to happen for our tourism because there is a Mothman festival. Right, there is Braxton County. It's not the Braxton County festival, but there are Braxton County monster celebrations in Flatwoods.
0: And it has been really entertaining to go on YouTube and see some guy from Australia posting a video about Fallout 76 (laughs) and doing a. So what's this West Virginia thing all about anyway? And start. (sighs) This is from this thing, and this is from this thing. But there's like a lot of stuff from West Virginia that's winding up in. In the, the game like the Moundsville prison mm-hmm. the insane asylum Weston Weston mm-hmm. insane asylum and whoever decided to put all this together apparently they did definitely some did their research.
1: research or they had a consultant team here or something mm-hmm. yeah they they did a great job and everything looks it's immediately recognizable to us oh absolutely and we've got some pretty good memes out of this Brian <laughs> yes, I already. have enjoyed the memes from this um, <laughs> one thing was um, <laughs> the accuracy of the the roads, yeah. <laughs> the conditions of the roads.
0: Because the roads are all chewed up. And roads it's like, but yeah, awful. that's pretty
1: much, that's pretty much that's the That's our roads. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's kind of weird because it's, it's a matter of, are you flattered that they're bringing this to West Virginia or are you a little bit like, eh, well, I guess they saw West Virginia and said, this would be a great place for an apocalypse.
1: So I've kind of always said that, you know, if the zombies come, we have a lot of creeks, we have a lot of hills. It would be difficult for the zombies to transverse around and it'd be difficult for them to build up numbers in one place or another, the hollers, and you could hide and you could build a lot of fences and this would be a good place if the zombies attack.
0: Oh yeah. And what's really interesting about Fallout 76 is that because West Virginia has more of a variety than I think maybe people from the outside realize that allows a lot of different kind of gameplay because all the different areas, different monsters, different gameplay, This the map for this game is four times bigger than the last one. And Ooh. so there's a lot of different kinds of gameplay and it looks like from the trailer that they're even going to bring in a coal mine that's been caught on fire and as, as we know about coal fires those things tend to last for a very long oh, time yeah.
1: in that the basis of silent hill the video game wasn't the town is on fire there underneath we, it
0: yes uh, yeah
1: which is in pennsylvania the real is, one
0: right and so they did that same sort of a setup it looks like according to the trailer And one of the things that they're introducing in this game is apparently there are a handful of nuclear silos that are littered over the map. And that if you get the proper launch codes, you can basically launch a nuke anywhere on the map that you want. Huh? And it becomes part of gameplay, one, because you can destroy a rival team. But also there are certain things like at the Capitol complex that if you nuke charleston that you can obtain certain things because of the blast and the irradiation you're able to get certain things that you wouldn't normally be able to get and that it's launching be like
1: our water crisis in <laughs> <Yes, laughs> 2014 perhaps so.
0: so that's been introduced to the game and so
1: now Brian I don't play video games but there have been a couple of people who finding out that it's a multiplayer game they didn't like that fact so well, I don't know you know what is what difference does that make in you know well, I your will, entertainment. Well, I, I will say this:
0: where most people had problems with multiplayer games is you wind up getting uh, a very crowded field. In, in other words, you're just you're running into people, and you don't really get a chance to explore because people are shooting at you all the time. Which Bethesda answered that saying, "This is an apocalypse. This is not an amusement park. So, tons and tons of people running around would not be the mood of the game. So, they have dedicated servers." but they limit how many people can be on on a map at one time. And so there's enough that you can divide up into teams, but you're not going to be running into people all the time. But also they're worried about what's known as microtransactions. Microtransactions are the ability to purchase advanced weapons gear in the game. In other words, you use real money Mm -hmm. and you buy certain things. And that can wreck a game because what happens is you get some rich 14-year-old whose parents have a bunch of money, they go in they buy everything that they can get <laughs> and so you're trying to play this game and you're 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 wanting to basically as they say in gaming you want to grind and and earn this stuff but you never get a chance to cuz here's this kid that's jacked up on all this all this equipment and they just keep shooting and killing you because they have advanced armor and weaponry mm-hmm. because they just spent a few hundred dollars to buy all this
1: stuff mm-hmm. i've heard of uh, cheat coding I, again don't don't do video games but uh Cheat codes, like cheat codes or earn it. That was the mentality.
0: Yeah, something like that. To get away from the rules, basically. To do what you want to do without having to play by the rules of the game. Hacking is a problem in a lot of online games. And Mm -hmm. as of right now, as I understand, there's a sign up now that you can play the game in a beta a beta test is it's the game's not fully released yet, but you can sign up to do a beta where you can play the game, and whenever you run into a bug, you let them know so that they can fix it. Mm-hmm. So it's basically, in a, when a game goes into beta, it allows some gamers a chance to actually play the game, and you can test and test and test, but until you get a bunch of people in there, it's only then that you really know what needs to be done. And okay. so, so it's going to be going into beta really soon. And the game should fully release in November. Like I said, I don't play a lot of video games because I enjoy them too much. (laughs) (laughs) And I wouldn't get a chance to do a whole lot of other things that I have on my plate because of that. But it would be really interesting to see it blow up on Twitch and it become a very popular game. And again, because it really will encourage people to maybe know a little bit more about West Virginia.
1: Mm -hmm. That we're our own state
0: Yeah, there's just a lot to be said about the research and the care that's been taken in getting West Virginia right in this game, which surprised me. As I said, Mm -hmm. I figured it would be just basically a tertiary concept. Trees and hills. And that'd be about it. And mutants. But apparently they put in a lot more work into it, and it'll be interesting to see what other kinds of Easter eggs that natives like you and I will see in the game. But I'm looking forward to that. And so E3, of course, I think is still going on at this point, so there's a lot more news coming out, but they're really pushing to get the attention because gaming with Twitch now has become so much more popular that it's become really important to be that top game that all the Twitch players are playing because players like Ninja are getting these hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of views on these videos and so the social platforms have become a bigger deal when it comes to playing video games and it's really changing the way that games are played and what people are interested in and so obviously the companies that are they're really pushing an e3 i'm sure there's going to be some other things to break the internet as uh, e3 goes on Mm -hmm. but the other thing is uh, cinema europe the big convention that's in spain and there's been a lot of movie news that's been coming out from there specifically some trailers like uh, the new dumbo trailer
1: Yes, I've seen the Dumbo trailer. The live-action
0: Dumbo trailer, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, get ready to cry. Yeah, (laughs)
1: seriously. And I was surprised that that's a Tim Burton film. Mm -hmm. So he's getting his Disney on again, and... Of the movies that they could pick, I'm surprised at Dumbo, because I would look to him doing maybe a Pinocchio or something, but it looks good. Everything looks good about it. And yeah,
0: for me, it's it's kind of a return to form, because, of course, his first movie that people know him for was Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Mm-hmm. This is, it's kind of in his wheelhouse. It, he's kind of going back to, to a certain thing, although, again, this is Dumbo, so it mm-hmm. can, in a sense, they, it can be a little bit depressing, but... yeah.
1: And spooky and racist at times. Uh we have the uh racist crows and we have the very spooky drunken scene with right. the pink elephants. Ooh. Oh yeah. That still kind of gives me chills. I,
0: I don't know how much of that's gonna wind up in the film, but yeah. we'll see Disney right now. They've they've done pretty well when it's uh on their live action version of their movies. Mm-hmm. It seems like they just have uh this real interest in pulling out every animated thing that they've done. Mm-hmm. And doing a live action version of it. And so
1: they've kind of stopped letting the anthropomorphic problem get in their way now with live action. They wouldn't have done Beauty and the Beast. Right. Because animating cutlery in the real life was a difficult thing. So, oh, you yeah. know, Cinderella was not necessarily easier a film to make, but. It made more sense to do in live action, but then you start bringing in your Beauty and the Beast, and now we've got Dumbo. There's a lot more human characters than were in the original, but then next we've got coming out is Lion King, right. where with it's quote-unquote live action, because it's mostly CGI, but... That is going to be, you know, no humans, and I just see that's going to look amazing.
0: Well, I mean, after seeing their take on the Jungle Book, where you have you have this young man who is the actor, who was the only real thing in the mm-hmm. entire movie—the animals, the jungle, everything around him was all green screened, and you couldn't
1: tell—you mm-hmm.
0: absolutely couldn't tell—and it was amazing. seamless. C- yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, CGI has gotten to a place now where you can do just about anything you just can imagine. Just about
1: anything, yeah.
0: And so that looks like that's going to be amazing, what they're going to be able to do with Dumbo. That one scene where they pull the hay back, and you start to see little mm-hmm. bits of Dumbo. And, it's...
1: and his ears pull back, and, you know, the, the ears were the big part of it. and
0: Literally and figuratively. Yes.
1: I remember them talking about Aslan and all the individual hairs in his mane to animate them and how long that took, I figure the ears on Dumbo should have taken the most time. Well, so it took a
0: while to render. We will have yep. to
1: see. Um, yeah. See, growing up, I remember Dumbo Circus, which was all puppetry, and that felt really real as a child seeing that. So seeing this, it's going to be very retro, very nostalgic.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yep. Something else that uh, came out of Cine Europe is apparently they showed a teaser trailer for Aquaman, really, which is not out anywhere yet where you can see it. There's people talking about it. How but they, they do
1: that? How did they manage to hide that? Well, <laughs>
0: apparently in Spain and in Europe in general, they're a little more reserved when it comes to spoilers. There's not no pe-
1: one snuck a phone in there. No, but well, apparently
0: <laughs> they don't do that kind of thing. It's not like at Comic Con where you guarantee yeah uh, somebody posted a teaser trailer, it'll be on the internet in 10 minutes, but Mm -hmm. however, whatever they managed to do, they've managed to keep a a lid on it. And so people have been talking about it, but supposedly the trailer is they were going to release it, release it soon. I would have thought they would have by now, but as far as I can tell, it's not out anywhere yet mm. uh, officially, but you got to figure that they're going to, they're going to post something soon. Although I do have to say that with when they're releasing it, uh, I, it just seems like it's it's going to be a crowded field and I don't know how mm. well that's going to work out for Aquaman, but you got Aquaman coming up you got Shazam coming up and then Wonder Woman mm-hmm. 84 and Patty Jenkins on Twitter released a couple pictures and the internet explodes. <laughs> the internet broke when we saw Steve Trevor again. And it's like, oh, okay, they're going to go that route like the TV show where a couple of seasons took place in World War II and then they go to modern time and Steve Trevor, in a sense, kind of follows them, although he's not the same Steve Trevor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So there's a lot of speculation going on about who this Steve Trevor is. If he's the same one, is he a time traveler? Is he a descendant of the original Steve Trevor? Okay. I'm certain that Wonder Woman will definitely want to know who the heck is this guy. Yeah. So the internet's already in speculation. There's been a lot of speculation going on movie wise and that's certainly piqued people's interest mm-hmm. in wondering, okay what's Patty Jenkins planning on doing right. and So So the speculation has begun and I mean there's you know when, when you don't have information, then you wind up speculating. Same thing that's been going on right now with Doctor. Who. a ton mm-hmm. of speculations going on there. There has been rumors and not, and trust me, this is grain assault kids. Because there's nobody saying anything about this, but the uh, uh, Chris Chibnall, who's now the showrunner, he wrote several episodes of Torchwood, mm-hmm. and so there's been a lot of speculation they're gonna bring Jack Harkness into Doctor Who. Oh. Which would be awesome. Yes. But nobody's saying anything Mm -hmm. about it. Somebody was just kind of thinking about, hey, they've made this kind of connection. It it makes sense that Jack Harkness will make an appearance because, of course, he he definitely knows how to write that character because he's written reams for this character. But at the same time, nobody's saying anything. Mm -hmm. So there's no telling. And the the other Doctor Who rumor that I heard was we're talking about the World Cup that there's going to be a Doctor Who trailer somewhere during the World Cup. Okay. All right. And,
1: that's, again... That's like the Super Bowl for everyone else that's not American, right? <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. But they, I guess they would say the real football. Mm-hmm. But there's really nothing to say that that's going to happen except that Stephen Moffat, he has released teaser trailers for Doctor Who during the World Cup. And so they're like, mm-hmm. well, they're going to do it again this year, but nobody's saying anything. Mm-hmm and i don't know if, if they are planning on doing it i don't see why you don't tease that and let people know that you are going to do it because right. get more people out watching it well get more people excited about it mm-hmm. you know it's like that builds that excitement that moment's like oh my god we're gonna get a trailer in two weeks we're gonna you know it's gonna mm-hmm. be awesome and then people could be talking about it and you get that you know I'm not saying that you need to spoil what's gonna happen in the trailer because nobody wants spoilers but there's nothing wrong with generating a little buzz about something that's coming up but as of right now the official word is nope we're not doing anything they may be lying about it but again i don't know if that's the best way to handle it but
1: well with the different trailers coming out brian there was one that came out and you had to help me out with it because i was having trouble with it was the halloween trailer right and I was very confused because, you know, I've grown up with these 30 years of canon right. that is now just getting cut down. We're not going to have Jamie, we're not going to have Josh Hartnett as Jamie Lee Curtis's kids or anything like that. So it's a completely new universe sort of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically what they're
0: doing is the majority of the canon's been turned into canon fodder, mm-hmm. basically. And the way that this new movie is going to come out is it's going to be the direct sequel to the first movie. In other words, that moment in one where Michael Myers is captured mm-hmm. so at that point they're saying he's been in prison for 40 years or so years. Mm-hmm. and the movie takes place as if all the other movies never happened, never happened. Mm-hmm. and so it's like a direct sequel slash reboot it's like a sequel reboot mm-hmm. and so the first movie will have happened the rest of them maybe they were like movies of the week or something or you know movies based on her own story because they make a mm-hmm. reference in the trailer about Laurie Strode was Michael Myers' sister. Mm -hmm. And in the trailer, of course, they kind of say, no, that was just something that people were saying. It was one of those kind of rumors. And so their plan is to wipe out, You know, don't worry about Halloween 2 all the way to H2O. None of that Mm -hmm. stuff happened. Of course, in H2O, Jimmy Lee Curtis, Laurie Strode, that character dies in the Mm -hmm. movie. So none of that happened at all. So we got this direct sequel, and i got to tell you, I'm rather excited about Mm -hmm. it. It It does
1: look really really good. Mm -hmm. It looks like
0: a return to form. And i got to tell you, some theaters out there, they're going to have to run a double feature where you have the original Halloween Mm -hmm. followed by the new Halloween. I don't see a good reason not to do that because those films are going to be like the new Halloween's a direct sequel to the old one watching the old one and getting your mind back into that world and then seeing the new one right after would just be amazing. Mm-hmm. And if they don't do it, I'm just going to pull out my Halloween Blu-ray and I'll watch it. And watch then, it and
1: then go to the theater. And
0: go to theater. So, <laughs> yeah, if you guys don't want my money, that's fine. I'm still going to get what I want. But And I have seen Halloween on the big screen. Wow,
1: that pumpkin glowing at the beginning must be really eerie. It
0: <laughs> is. It right, definitely is. But I've always said that horror movies and comedies – You can get the DVD, that's fine, but it's just much better to watch it in the theaters Mm -hmm. than it is to watch it at home because you get that energy of the crowd, which Mm -hmm. you just don't don't get that sitting at home by yourself. Especially horror movies, I love watching them in a theater with people. Mm -hmm. And speaking of that, a couple of movies that I saw this week, I did get a chance to see the big screen debut of Doctor Who, Genesis of the Daleks, which was Mm -hmm. amazing. And getting to see that with a lot of fans was just fantastic. There was a young lady there dressed as the fourth doctor who was handing Excellent. people bags of jelly babies, which was great. Wonderful. And there was an interview with Tom Baker there, which as I understand it, if I'm correct about this, it was a small part of a much larger interview that's going to be on the season one fourth doctor Blu-ray that's going to be coming out soon. that mm-hmm. mm-hmm. There's going to be a longer interview that's going to go over a lot of other different things. But seeing that interview was just amazing. Mm-hmm. And as a big fan of the fourth Fourth Doctor. Seeing it on the big screen was awesome, although it does remind me how square the Doctor used to be. <laughs> and by square, of course, I mean a four by three ratio. Right, it was, to, f- you know,
1: to fit on a television. Yeah, I,
0: it was It was a lot of fun watching that episode again with a lot of Doctor Who fans. And it's to me, it was amazing how things have changed in the geek world, because back in the day when I was watching Doctor Who, when I was in high school, of course, I was watching those episodes on PBS. And I was probably the only person in the school that even watched Doctor Who. Maybe there were some other ones out there who who caught the episodes, but they weren't telling anybody and I wasn't talking to anybody Mm -hmm. because you couldn't really justify that you watched Doctor Who. It's like, oh, you watch that show that's on the same channel as Sesame Street? (laughs) I mean, back in the day, the stuff that you were into, there wasn't a lot of people into it. And so you were kind of out on your own. And now Doctor Who is a little more popular. There's a lot of different ages that are into it. It's got more of a mainstream appeal like a lot of geek things do. And so that's awesome. And the other movie that I saw, which I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail about, I'm going to kind of do a review. I got to see Hereditary, finally. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned to you last week I was a little concerned because there was so much hype on this movie that it's like, how do you, Mm
1: -hmm. you 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 live up to it?
0: And after seeing it, this is the kind of movie you can't really do a review on without giving away too much of it. Okay. I mean, you can do a thumbs up or thumbs down, and I have to say that I really enjoyed it, but it was a relentless, very unpleasant film to watch.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> So I can't, uh. say, I
0: can't say that I enjoyed it, but I certainly appreciated it because I think specifically why this movie is so relentless, and I don't want to go into a whole lot of plot points because there's a lot of stuff that if I, I talk about it, I could spoil is huge, and I wouldn't want to do that for anybody who hasn't seen it yet. But where a lot of plotting in horror movies happens, you have a lot of peaks and valleys. You build tension, you release tension. It's like any type of a story. You build Mm -hmm. tension, release, tension, release. You know, you have that roller coaster and the tension just increases every single time. Mm -hmm. But you have those moments of where you can kind of catch a breath, you know, and you, you have this release of tension. In Hereditary, you build tension. And then you sit in it for a while. It doesn't go away. You don't have that moment where the tension's released. You just kind of sit in it for a while until it becomes the new normal. And once it becomes the new normal, then the tension shoots up a little bit more. Hmm. And so it's like you're winding this rubber band tighter and tighter and tighter. And there's really no release of tension until the credits roll. Oh. And so, I mean, your stomach pretty much stays in knots the entire time. Uh Because it's just, it gets bad, it gets worse, it gets worse. I heard somebody describe it to misery porn, uh, although in some cases it's a little bit worse. It is a Greek tragedy. It definitely is. Uh, Watching the movie is a catharsis, but I definitely have to say it's not pleasant. And, And not because it's overly gory or it's overly violent, it's just, it's unrelenting. It just racks up the tension and stays with it. And so it's just to the point where you're like, oh, God, this is miserable. This is miserable. Oh, God, that makes it worse. Oh, God, this is terrible. This is- oh, my God, no. God, no. How much worse can it get? Oh, that much worse. Oh, God, no, no. Wow. But I have to say the one thing that I am I find interesting about this movie, and this is going to be something I think I'm going to have to think about for a while and why hopefully eventually if you get a chance to watch this movie, definitely I wanna, something I want to talk to you about, is what I find interesting about this film is that It's very polarizing. People either really, really like this movie or they really, really
1: hate it. They think it's stupid. No middle of the road, no.
0: And some people have suggested that people who don't like this movie, that maybe this film is a little bit over their heads. Not saying that this is, that Hereditary is an IQ test, (laughs) but... There are people saying it's like, look, if you're looking for the traditional horror movie roller coaster ride, uh, jump scares, this one thing about Hereditary, not one jump scare in the whole movie, okay. not one.
1: But you're constantly looking for it because that tension keeps building well, up. And...
0: They do anti jump scares
1: hmm.
0: now, and I, like I said, I don't want to go into any details about this because I want to spoil anything. But the way that the cinematography is, they'll do this full screen, okay. And there'll be something weird in the corner somewhere. And you might not even notice it. And it will go on for a while. In other words, somebody will walk into a room and there's something weird going on in the corner. They won't notice it, but you'll see it. Mm -hmm. And it'll just stay in frame. It'll stay in frame. And you're like, do something. Do something. What's going to happen? You know, you're waiting for that that rush of music and it to jump out or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's the difference between shock and suspense. For me, I think... Why Hereditary fascinates me is because of how divergent the opinions are on this movie. Because you either really, really like it or really, really hate it. And as a writer, I want to write things that are are not typical horror. I want to circumvent some tropes and come up with something that's new and fresh. And maybe it's just in the movies. And it's not maybe so much in literature, but it seems like movies like that, like The Witch, uh, the people who produced Hereditary also produced The Witch. That was another one of those films. It was something that I think brought real terror to the screen, but it was something that you either really, really liked or you really, really hated. So there are people don't like the, that really didn't like The Witch, and there something yeah, so. uh, it kind of that same sort of boat. And this fascinates me is terror just basically like a gourmet meal? This It won't appeal to a lot of people? Or is there a way of writing something that has more suspense, that has more variation of pace, that can work for a general audience? And I don't know the answer to that right now. But Hereditary has made me start to ask those questions. And so, and I certainly want something I'd love to talk to you about once, you know if you get a chance to see it, to get your view on it. Because I think, Ultimately, for me, what's going to help me figure it out is different pairs of ice. In other words, I I know what I saw out of it, but hearing what other people saw out of it, for good or for bad, Mm -hmm. I would love to explore that. Not necessarily to say, well, justify your point. (laughs) But to hear people on both sides, you know, what was this about this movie that you really, really loved? Or what was it about it that absolutely did not work for you and you thought it was a terrible movie? But, of course, that'll be a discussion for another day. And so we've reached the end of another Geek Watch podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And for Mandy Petrie, this is Brian Hatcher reminding all the Geek Watchers out there that we're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the Geek Watch podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The Geek Watch podcast is a Hanging J production.